Testing one, two, three. It's Kid Rock. It's not Kid Rock. It's Gary V. Oh, yeah. It's fucking. All right, we Are good? you going to be able to reach like that? Well, I'll need to reach. I feel like we're having an intimate therapy session. I have therapy later, one thirty. Fucking Mr. and Mrs. Smith over here. I feel like this is unesthetic. We need to get a table behind here. Set this well, on. Where's the table? I thought you had this under control. I'm supposed to furnish this place. Well, sit out here. All right, you putting your headset on? Headset. It's a good little setup. Pull mine down here. Fix oh, the shit. other mic. Oh. Other mic's fucked up on your shirt. Oh, okay. Oh, get the fucking mic. You're all fucked. Fucking why mess. Do I, why do I have two mics? So that we can I, I can edit it easier later. Oh, shit. I should change. This thing's, bro, this thing's I, so top-heavy, dude. Fuck. Yo, this... It can't handle me. Fuck. Yo. Kind of sounds echoey. What's going on with Not balanced. All right, this is good. What are we talking about? How do I look? Try to lose, try to lose weight. All right, we look good. Fresh. Todd, finally, visually, I'm visually here. I mean, we could put the bikes in front and just sit talking at the camera, do it like that. I mean, this is fine. All right. So here we are, episode three. The Phantom Menace. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've actually... Is this episode three when three? they introduce Anakin? Where's episode two at? You, you didn't give is me the clearance. Is it echoing in here? I mean, it's echoing in here. It's not echoing in the mic. I don't think it is at all. It kind of sounds like it's echoing. I mean, if it is, then there's really not shit we can do. We could drop tiles down. No. Anyways, all right. Episode three. Episode three. The since I was broke podcast. Um, we're in their new podcast studio. It's another makeshift studio, but it's it's new, and there's nobody here to bother us. I yeah, I'd rather have the echo than like people walking in and out. The warehouse. Also, the the, as- the aesthetic in here is a little better. Yeah. So I mean, since we're in here, let's let's jump into it. You know, we've been incubating how we're gonna go forth with this podcast but you know since we're sitting here right now we talked about a little bit in episode two but you know where are we right now i'm obviously it's our makeshift podcast studio but what's the future of this place that we uh we've dubbed montana yeah this is our well there's a reason for that but um this is our stone studio or 2b stone studio for our stone and marble business um we have a couple other warehouses uh, but I really wanted this super clean aesthetic. Really, I keep saying this, I probably hear it a million times for me, but like the restoration hardware of, of the stone and marble business, right? When you walk into a restoration hardware, it's, you know, it's just like all about aesthetics. It's like these nice polished floors and these huge setup rooms that kind of um, evoke you to want to do a space in your house or do a renovation or um you know just furnish something epic and that's kind of the idea here have these super tall 30 foot ceilings and this is a brand new warehouse so the floors are virgin floors that we had polished um we have skylights in here which is kind of uh new um aesthetic for warehouse buildings it's kind of people are wanting more natural light um so it's a cool super cool space from a, a stone perspective Everybody else just has usually like older style warehouses. It's just everything's racked up, super tight, super congested. And it's just like you walk into like a dingy warehouse where you're buying stone. And so for here, it's, I want to feel like you're walking into like restoration hardware or like a car dealership or something really curated and it's not super congested and everything's spaced out, almost like you're in like an art gallery for stone um, because we're, you know, we're targeting, you know, the higher end market um people that are into nice cars and nice houses and doing you know starting price point on a house might be three million and might go up to 40 million dollars and so you know those people when you sell them something they kind of want to feel that uh, like a lifestyle perspective and so that's kind of we're trying to 
come in here and, and make them want to do a project and see some incredible stone that, um, you know, they put in that, that kitchen that uh, is an architectural digest or it's going to do that bathroom that, you know, shared all over TikTok. That's like the bathroom to be doing, you know, with incredible marble, you know, Vaglis and Machiavecchias and Calcutta gold. And um, so that's, that's what the space is intended for, but it just takes a while. So we've gotten the space, we've polished the floors. Now we're going to get all these approvals. We don't even have full electric in here yet. Uh, we got to get all the approvals for like the build out for the offices and all the structures that we're putting in here and sample rooms and stuff like that. But that's the end goal for here. It's kind of months out. Um, so for now, we kind of just have this really open, clean warehouse where we can shoot this podcast or do some content or whatever in the meantime while we kind of wait for GCs and this town and state to kind of stop dragging their feet and uh, push the needle a little bit. Well, and while we wait for the, the uh, grand behemoth of offices to come ready. Which yeah, is a future. Yeah. Possibly. Yep, and it's the future. We haven't really talked about it, but yeah. we have a potential new office location that we will uh, be diverting some of our folks to. That's just something we can clip back to. Like, you know, we'll just clip back to this. We'll, we'll drop it there, but we clip back to this, like, in the future. And we'll yeah, be we like, got, oh, listen, damn. we got, I, from an for office perspective, like, I always like warehouse because to me, I'm like, you have a warehouse, you can always build an office. And then if you don't need an office, you can always use it for storage space. And like, yeah. you know, storage space. It's is functional. Always, it's all, yeah, it's super functional. Um, but we were first looking at doing this massive build out in here. And it's a lot of money for what I was trying to do with a gym and like all these glass encased walls and really robust. And um, we decided just to do the stone in here. So a little more trim back, but I've still been looking for this super creative office space that, I mean, even back to the first episode, that's kind of like what we try to create in Carbro. Yeah. So like Carbro on steroids. Um, and so, you know, I've been looking for, a space to do that and not lease one and dump a bunch of money to it. And then we have no ownership. Um, so we finally find us found a space that, um, Toyota racing development used to own or still owns until we buy it. And, um, they did the build out that I would do. I mean, that's, I walked in there and it's, you know, it's like a million, two million, three build out and it's got an epic gym set up and epic offices and it's multi-level um sick kitchen huge garage doors that you know automate roll up and it's wired for all the sound system and you know audio video and it's what i would do so when i walked in there i was like dude this is makes all the sense in the world i'm buying it for less than replacement cost i don't have to wait 12 months plus to do a build out mm -hmm. and it's ready to go and it's like the right size um for us so i i think i'm I, that i'm excited about that but that hasn't come yet that'll probably be we'll lock that up before the end of the year i mean we're under contract but yeah well, i think there's something to be said about like having the baton passed to you in a way too it's like you come into a space like this and it's kind of up to you and your own devices to like literally be the visionary of how everything's going to happen and that's fun to some degree but there's also something to be said of like walking into a space that's already been taking from like one to ten and being like oh shit now i can just take this from where it's at and like make it even better without having to do all the legwork and the time and like sometimes i feel like in the time it takes to go from like totally blank canvas to like an eight on your vision board it you know some things get lost in translation and like they just take too long and it doesn't always manifest the way that you would assume so when you walk into a place like that like i remember you talking about it and i was like all right like we'll see and you go in there you're like oh shit this is like the real deal it's yeah. like a real office you know well it's like it's like when we build houses like we're building the largo project and it's like you know it was supposed to be done in october it's fucking october this shit's not gonna be done till next year and it's just a lot of things come up in time and then you think of ideas along the way and you know, like, I don't know, new trends come out or new styles or something else comes that you want to put in. And so, like, it just takes forever. So there's, like, a price on time yeah. for sure. If well, you enthusiasm, value I think, too. I think it's, like, that's something I think about even in music a lot is, like, a lot. there's a lot of people out there that will sit on stuff for so long. And it's, like, a lot of times right when you make something is when you're most enthusiastic about it. And the longer it takes between just, like, making it and being done with it and, like, seeing it completed, you lose that initial enthusiasm. And even if it was great, you're just, like, less 
ecstatic about it because it took so long. So I think that's what's exciting about that place. Is that there's place a lot is, of I mean, I walked in and I was like, whoever built this out has the same brain as me because this yeah. is like almost to the T how I was conceptualizing a space. It's just like fully done and like right. Like, you know, I've walked into plenty of space and be like, no expense, like no spe- expense spared. And I'm yeah. like, every expense is spared. And this one, I was like, no expense was spared for real. And the price that we got, we're getting, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't, if I bought the space raw and did this build out, I would spend more money and time and effort and like, you know. Yeah. So it's like, I look at them like, you're just way below replacement costs and it's fucking epic. Sure, there's some tweaks here and there to make it, you know, completely ours, but like, Dude, it's got more than the bones are there. I mean, like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's just, it's it, like, 80% it's just putting it, there, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just like, you know, adding a little bit of a tweak on its workout plan, you know, just to fucking fully optimize it. Yeah, no, that's true. I think I wanted to go back to what you're saying right here too, in terms of like creating a certain experience and, and understanding uh, the customer one, but also I think it brings up something that we talk about pretty often, which is um, that when people come in and, and they try to like create the experience you're talking about, but they cut corners and they do try to spare the expenses to the, to the customer that we're talking about, like for the, for that type of person, like it's really obvious, you know, and then yeah. that builds and it, it builds mistrust and it, um, it like immediately might even like, you know, ruin that person as a potential customer. So I think there's something to be said about being patient and knowing how to do it correctly. And one, you know, being, serving a person that's probably very similar to yourself in terms of being a customer. But also, you know, I think that that's something that happens very often is that people try to create a certain experience that's front facing, but then underneath the surface level, it's just all fluff and there's nothing there, whether that's the space they're building, the product they're building, all these different things. And so I think that, um, you know, there's definitely something to be said about being patient and just doing it correctly. And, creating that experience instead of just trying to rush through it in this to, to get it to a presentable space to where people can kind of get that like half-baked experience that yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, well, I think about. it's also like it's knowing your customer. Like when I'm doing houses, like there's so many options, right? Like I could be doing houses that are like sub 100,000. I could be doing houses that are like quarter million to half a million. And I just play in this realm of like a million plus, like a million to 10, you know? And the reason I do this because like I'm the person that wants that stuff. I've been dreaming about those kinds of houses for so long. I've nerded out on all the aesthetics and aspects and like finishes on a house like that. So like when I started doing them for myself, like I knew exactly what was needed. I knew what the best product was. I knew what the best material was. I knew what best practice was to get this done. I knew what the level of execution was. And so like I know my product because like I'm my buyer, but there's a lot of people that are not a buyer for a $5 million house. And they're like, well, let's do that as a project. And then they don't know what the, what level it takes to get there. That's the same as me. The reverse is like, I'm doing $5 million houses. And I'm like, oh, let me do a half a million dollar house. And then I put in material that's way too expensive, crazy herringbone floors that's too expensive to be putting in. And then I go there and it's like, I put in way too much money. I'm never going to get my money out of it. So it's really, it's like knowing your product, knowing your customer, and then like servicing that accurately. And so like, for me, for that office, it's like, yeah, some people be like, you know, like my broker is like, he's like, yeah, I mean, for the average consumer, if we're just trying to, you know, like if you're trying to sell this down the road, like, I don't know if they're going to want this. Like, I don't know if you could rent this and get the money's worth out of it. But I'm like, I'm the consumer, I'm the buyer. And I also think this is where offices are heading. This is what people are going to want. Because like, most offices were like this traditional office where you go in and you just like work. And mm-hmm. every office I've tried to do is like, I'm like, I want a space that you want to go to. Like, we might not just go to work. Let's go hang out. Let's shoot a podcast. Yeah. Let's create this environment. Like, you I just want to go here and collaborate. And so like, that's where people are going now. That's why like the WeWorks yeah. and stuff like that kind of model works. It's like creating that thing where like a bunch of heads can come together and collaborate and not just be working on one thing or it's like, it's just business all the time. Like yeah. that's where those spaces are going because like people want to go to a space like that and they don't forever want to work from home. I think they just, like home because they're like oh it has this fun vibe where i can relax and do all these other things other than just work and if you create an environment you can do all those other things and work it's like people are going to want to go to that people are going to want to pay for that yeah well yeah i mean it's the same reason people pay memberships to go to WeWorks and whatnot but i think you're absolutely right in an age where working from home is absolutely viable for a lot of companies and people and infrastructure has been put in place for that it's like if you're going to have an office 
it needs to be a place that people want to go to and are enthusiastic about and are gonna you know i mean people that are playing at that level too it's like i'm not trying to sell like i could sell in the lower market and i could probably have a bigger pool of buyers but i'm not trying to sell to that i'm trying to have the one buyer that has the money that wants to spend it and i'm going to curate and create an environment where they walk and they say yeah this is what i want like that's the guy that's going to spend the money it's the same thing with specking cars or anything else it's like yeah, if you do it really high end, sure your buyer pool's less. But like, you're there's buyers out there, and if you do it right, and you know that buyer and what they're looking for, it's like you're gonna have a buyer for it. I mean, it's just like again, it's knowing your market, knowing your product, like knowing how to execute on it, and then sticking with that, and then like staying in your lane. Like, if you try to go too wide and do everything, it's like you're a fuck up, you know. So like, yeah, well, it's like you were talking about the other day too. When you get into these. Um like higher ticket goods, very expensive luxury items and things like that, you start to, even though it is a much smaller pool of people, it's much more often that you're going to be rubbing shoulders with those same people and have build those connections because the pool is so much smaller. So it's, it's, it actually becomes easier to establish and nurture relationships to where, you know, when it's time to sell something or when you have something like that, you have the immediate access to people that are going to be that buyer. So I think I think there's something to be said about like having having that vision and then being steadfast with it and knowing that you know having trust in in that vision of that hey like this this is the right decision and if I'm to dilute from this I'm actually going to be shoot, selling myself short. Yeah, yeah. I, again, it's just like I think it's just it's confidence and it's sticking to your guns and again I mean knowing your customer and your product and like being confident in that like. You know, again, like if you're just like throwing shit at the wall all the time, like you're, you know, hopefully eventually something sticks where like it works in your niche and the way your brain works and like how, where you pull your resources from, you're like, okay, this is where I'm sticking at, you know? So like, that's for me, it's like, I've tried kind of all those things. And like, I always trend back to like higher end, really good materials, really good execution. I'm like, I'm the guy that would pay for this. And all the people that I market to and network with and end up meeting with them like those are the people that would be the buyer and so like it just works for me but that doesn't say it couldn't work on the other side too there's plenty of people that do the cheaper product and more to the masses it's just like again it's like knowing your product knowing your customer base and being able to execute on that yeah hey you always had the you've always had like a higher in taste though like even since you were younger yeah like like, i always like at one point obviously you weren't able to since I was broke, right? So you, at one point you weren't able to afford these things. You weren't able to like, just go out and, you know, make it happen right away. So like, how did you? I've always, always. And even it's like, I don't know, just like simple mindset shit. Like some people are like, oh man, like the market's down. Like, don't like boil it down real. Like, oh, don't go to Starbucks. I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to be the guy that has to fucking think if he needs to make coffee at home or go to fucking Starbucks. And like, that's the difference, like in, in the money, like, it's like, I want to be the guy who goes to Starbucks, like even when I was broke and maybe it's stupid, but I was like, scrape, sometimes I'd scrape coins out of my fucking couch and go to fucking Starbucks. And, but for me, it was like, I want to be that guy that they wake up, go to Starbucks. It's like, for me, it was like a, it, like a switch on my brain. Like, all right, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to do something. I'm going to go make the most out of my day. And like, yeah, so it's like, I've always wanted more. Like I've always liked the nice cars. Like I've always wanted like the higher end coffee. Like I always like higher end furniture. I remember like growing up, my dad was like the pinnacle is pottery barn, you know? And then like mm-hmm. we could afford pottery barn and then like, you know, restoration hardware. And now I'm like moving past that. And it's just like, I've always wanted more um, than what I am even now. And so like, I just like, the, I don't know. I've always aspired to that. I've always gravitated to that. So mm-hmm. like, even if I couldn't afford it, I was always pushing towards that. Um, and I think some people do that. Like you see a lot of people that are like trying to emulate where they want to be like the fake till you make it concept. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a fine line between like faking it and like not making it and just being a bullshitter and like eventually kind of like really like telling yourself like, Hey, like I've been bullshitting for X amount of time. And like, now's the threshold of like, either I fucking do something about it and change shit in my life and actually go for it. Or I'm just going to keep doing this fake bullshit. And I know a lot of people that stay in the, that fake realm for far yeah. too long. And then it's it like a trap. Like it's a hamster wheel. You're just stuck in this like not doing enough to like get out of here. But I'm still going to be playing this game so that other people think that like I'm, I've made it. Yeah. Is that still recording? Yeah. Right. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I think that there's a big difference, like especially in the culture we live in now with so much YouTube and like entrepreneurs on YouTube just like preaching bullshit. I think there's a lot of um, 
like younger people and even older people that have that are very confused about what it means to like fake it till you make it in like a in the sense of like hey just like hold that vision and keep working towards it and then like literally just being delusional and projecting delusions out there because i think that people will feed themselves that delusion so much sometimes that they actually buy into it and then they don't make progress and they look just ridiculous because it's so see-through um especially to people that are actually out there doing it like you know i can totally resonate with like for me it's always been important for me to be in the right environment like i remember when i lived in that townhome in holly springs or even like other suburb areas like i'd said i'm like all right this is like reasonable da 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 but then i'd wake up i'm like i'm waking up late I'm like moseying my way to the gym. There's yeah. like no energy. I'm getting in trouble in the neighborhood because that's just, I'm like, I have more brash personality. And I'm like, I, it made me feel a certain way about myself waking up in that environment. Like, is this where I'm at? Like, I'm just like this suburb dwelling guy. Not that there's anything wrong for, with that. But for me, I always just envisioned being in a city. So I was like, like after that, I was like, I need to be in cities all the time. Like, I like the energy. I like the thing. So it's just like, it's like a non-negotiable for me is to like be in a, environment that has a ton of like energy around it because it inspires me to like well that's why it's i I mean you're completely right it's like that's why i love new york that's why like when we were looking at creative space i'm like i want an open inviting space with a ton of light and like this like just badass energy i'm like because you come in here again it's like it like it motivates you like you're Mm -hmm. in there you're like i want to fucking do something in here it's like the the same restoration harder than you walking like this is fucking nice as shit like i fucking i want to fucking build the house that i can put this fucking furniture into like and what you're saying is like where you live like all that stuff like to me it's the same way it's like when i got that office in carbro it's like i couldn't afford it but i was like fuck dude i want a space i can go to and feel like there's a creative space there's a spot i go to and i fucking like kick ass and get shit done and like it worked out because like that was just like i was like i'm gonna make this work i don't know how every week was like i don't know how but i'm gonna make it work and it oh, worked yeah. out because I was just constantly pushing. I was like, I'm going to do this regardless. Back to the wall. And like, I forced myself into it. I signed the fucking lease. I mean, I remember it was like, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I can like draw money from my credit card to like maybe pay this if like shit, you know, shit hits the fan or it's mm-hmm. really bad. I'm like, but I just like put myself in these positions. I'm like, I'm going to make sure that I'm, I put myself in a position where like I have to execute. I fucking have to execute and that's it. And like some people are too scared to do that. Well, this is the point you made earlier about it being a smaller pool. Like not everyone would be able to justify that. Like, it, it, you know, we met through that office yeah. having like a similar idea of like, I, I remember when I was like, I got to work out of that space, you know? So it did. It's like not for everyone. But then I was like, oh, I'm 35 minutes away from this place. But like, I want to go there every day and work. That's like, the only spot I can envision going in because of the same qualities that you saw when you saw it. And it's the same even when I walked into the, you know, like condo that I'm living in now, it's like I walked in there and I thought immediately, I thought about all the constraints I've had in other, but I'm like, man, even when I want to set my light up and shoot content in my place, I'm like, wondering if I can get the light high enough from the ceiling. And like, just like these small things that like, I think as you, you know, go through time and you, you go through different situations, there's like these small little things that like, maybe aren't a huge deal, but they're, they're a big enough deal to where they become these like minuscule non-negotiables in your life. Like I was like, have to have high ceilings. Yeah. Love, like walked in there, saw the brick, saw the view. And I was like, this like saw even just like the tent on the window of like, and immediately I was like, Oh man, if I shoot with the camera, like it's going to be like a, a filter where you can see outside and inside. And it's like, you know, it was like, I had to make it happen. Well, if you think about it, it's like, it's like going to work out for the first time. And if you go to the gym, you do a workout and like, doesn't work. And there's a million different like, diets and all this stuff. It's like, if you put yourself on a, the right diet that like works with your chemistry and everything that like makes you feel good and energized. And then you go to a gym and maybe you find like a workout partner that like, so like all these little like ticks and stuff, it's different for each person. So it's like, if, getting that space is like what hits your ticks to make you the most creative and the most energized to work. Like that's way more optimized for you to reach your goals than to put yourself in a space where it's like saving money. And like, I wake up and I'm lazy and I don't feel like working here. And I doesn't make, makes me not want to go to the gym. It's like, dude, you're just like diminishing your potential. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I might have to spend a little more and do more, but if you're the type of person that goes, like if you work out at all the time, I have a shitty diet. Like it's not probably going to work out for you. But if you like, work out all the time and then have a great diet and there's all these things that come together it's like bro you're going to become this like super optimized version of yourself so it's like anything with that like an office or whatever it's like yeah like it costs there's a cost to some of this 
But there's also a cost to like not doing this. And yeah, then there's fuck, opportunity cost. You know, absolutely. it's like, and fucking, then you're like, dude, I've just been sitting on my ass for a whole year because I'm like, I'm not really motivated. I don't want to put, I'm like, dude, I'm going to push myself to the edge. And I might go into a territory of unknown. But for me, every time I've gone to this territory of unknown, I learn all these things. And then I become a better version of myself. I'm like, man, this is kind of like, I don't know, man, maybe I'm doing too much, right? And then like six months later, I look back, I'm like, bro, that's like nothing now. You know, it's like I'm expanding like how much I can do and like what I'm capable of. And then I'm meeting new people and networking and like, it's just different. You know, it's like, that's why I take meetings all the time now. Like I take having a meeting after this, I'm like, I don't know where it's going to go. It could be a bullshit meeting, but I might rub shoulders with the right guy. And, you know, we may do a deal in nine months. And it's like, dude, if I didn't just take that fucking meeting, you know, he may put me on to something else where I might like nerd out on some new topic of real estate and be like, fuck, I just found this like whole new pool of shit I could be, you know, put, putting money into and like actually turning this into a really successful venture. So like, yeah. I don't know, it's something to say about like, just like pushing yourself to like go and try and like maybe put yourself in these fucking uncomfortable spots where like maybe it's, it makes you a little more financially tight. It's like if it, it's financially tight, it puts me in a better position to succeed. It's like you're going to make that money back. Yeah, I think it, I think it, that that was a good topic you brought up which is just like there's always a lot of times people try to mitigate risk but they don't consider like the risk of the opportunity cost like yeah. the, the or they mitigate the cost it's like well the opportunity cost could sometimes be greater than the the fiscal cost you know of, of just making a decision which i think like when you start building a habit of not only taking the risk and like going into that unknown territory you know saying yes and figuring it out like when you build a habit of that, you become more comfortable with that where it doesn't seem so intimidating. And then you also like something I've noticed through having like started various businesses and different skill sets is that I think like when you started start out doing that and you're younger, like you're kind of on this timeline and you don't really know like where you are at in the process. Right. But now, you know, like we're both around the same age and it's like we've gone and we've developed enough skills and we've done enough different things that when you're in that unknown pocket, you're, it's much easier to see like, oh, I'm at this part of the process and you know like kind of the pace of the rest of fulfilling that loop right? rather than when you do it for the first time and you're just like, like, like I remember like not really going to college and seeing everyone else graduate and being like, what the fuck am I doing? And it didn't really make sense until like maybe like 23, 24 when you see like a lot of those people still no better off than you are, but like somehow you've developed these skills where you're like, oh, you know, I think I'm like starting to figure it out. And then, it, you know, inevitably it runs back, um, but it just makes it less intimidating. And that cycle seems to like speed up, at least to me over time, where it's like, I've been thinking about that. I was looking at the music thing last night. It's like something popped up and I'm like, damn, it was a year ago. I was like sitting here doing covers and knew nothing about production, mixing, like any of this own stuff. And now I'm like, damn, I just and now did, that's like, now that's nothing. Now I've done like 50 something. I remember it taking like a week to do a song and like just not even knowing how to get my vocals to like be on the right timing. And it's like, you learn so many like, over the last year of just throwing myself into it, it's like I could do a song in like a few hours and have it mixed, mastered, like totally done. And it's just like, it's wild, like how quickly you can accelerate when you just commit to that and you don't worry, worry so much about all the, those unknown, you know, uh, variables. Um, yeah. I remember when my friends uh, were in school and like, it, I don't think it really hit me until um, their younger siblings were graduating. So like they're like three, four years under them. And mm-hmm. when they were graduating school and I still hadn't really like gotten to where I wanted to be, I was like, kind of, I was like, fuck, like, you know, like I would go and it'd be like a holiday and, you know, you go back for Thanksgiving and people's parents like, so like, when are you going to go back to school? You know? And then they graduate and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm still on this journey that I'm on. You know, I was like doing the clothing company and then I was doing web design and running that agency. And then like, you know, but it was like still like, you know, I'd have some, a good month and then it would just be like this long span of, I don't know, I have these like little wins here and there. And then like when my friend's siblings started graduating, I was like, dude, I really, there's a no going back, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, this is like, I'm too far down in the process and maybe that's somewhat of an ego thing. But I just remember at that point I looked at myself and I was going out and I was drinking and like, I'd make some money. I would like blow it all. I just go to the bars and like pretend to like have money for everybody and just like buy drinks for fucking people that I don't give a fuck about me, you mm-hmm. know, aren't helping me get anywhere. And I just remember I had this like solid like time, like a whole week where I just was like, dude, like either I'm going to fucking like double down on myself and really fucking do this. Or I'm going to stay in this cycle forever where I'm just fucking 
you know, going to the bar, making fucking nominal money and like in my hometown, like kind of being somewhat of a cool guy. And I was just like, looked at everybody I was hanging out with and I was like, what are my goals? And at the time I was like, I want to get in really good shape and I want to fucking blow this business up and I want to fucking, I want to be fucking rich. Like I want to fucking make money. And I was just like, what am I doing on a regular basis? I just did a self audit. I was like, I was like, I'm going to the bars like four nights a week. I was like, is that helping me get in better shape? Is that helping me? The people I'm hanging out with at the bar, are they helping me get in shape? Are they motivating me to go to the gym? I was like, they're fucking not. I was like, what's holding me back from fucking growing my business? I was like, most of it's like any of the money I'm making, if I have any fucking extra capital, it's like, I'm just blowing it on like going to the bars, drinking, like trying to look cool. And I remember it was like when younger, like my brother who's older than me would tell me that. Like, dude, you're just like, you're just fucking around. Like you're not really fucking doing anything. Like you just want to look cool for everybody. And like, I just finally, like it resonated enough in my brain that like, it went from like this kind of annoying person, like chirping at me and like kind of knowing that in my head to like, finally be like, dude, I'm sick and tired of being that guy. Like I want to be this better version of myself. And I just remember I fucking, I turned off my social media. I fucking stopped going out and I just like quadrupled down on myself worked out i was doing two days i'd fucking i remember i'd wake up three in the morning workout i'd be working till three i'd go to the gym i remember i'd be just fucking like bro if you want to fucking do it you can do it you just have to like something has to light that fucking fire and i was just fucking fed up with myself i was like i'm fed up of being the guy that wants to be something bigger than he is and is not fucking i'm not doing enough and like that's like i remember that was a key point and i see a lot of people that like they that's what you need you need to hit that point where like you are the only person that can make yourself do this. And like, we can make all the excuses. I used to make all the excuses in the world for why I can't work out, whatever. Still now, like when I'm not motivated, I'm like, I get it. Like it's, there's some brain chemistry and all these other things to play. But I'm like, dude, you gotta fucking like, just fucking get up and go, you know? Like you gotta fucking like kick yourself in the ass. And so like, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just like, that for me was like a huge pinnacle turning point to like Mm -hmm. getting the fucking needle moving and then like really like, putting myself and like it was you know it's like doing sometimes you gotta sacrifice a little bit to fucking get to where you want to go and i still do that now it's just like i that's like one of those things where i loop back like you talk about that circle like whenever i get kind of in this like lull and i'm like kind of like i feel like i'm like lagging a little bit i like remind myself like dude like you need to what are you doing like let's audit what you're doing like who you're hanging out with like and just fucking like revamp yourself and then i kick myself in the ass again i'm like dude, i gotta fucking hit the ground running it's like Bro, am I, I'm going to either go to the bar and hang out with a bunch of people that are all their goal is to maybe make six figures this year. And like, they just want to like get that apartment. And I'm like, bro, like we're doing a hundred X that now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, I'm, I shouldn't be doing what they're doing. I shouldn't yeah. be like, I'm not saying I shouldn't be hanging out with them. I'm like, if I'm spending most of my time with them, like those people aren't going to elevate me. Like I need to be taking meetings and hang out with people that are thinking on a fucking way grander scale because I'm above those people in some regards. It's like, I need to be hanging out with people that are above me. They're like, pull me up and expand my brain and make me think bigger, mm-hmm. make me go for more, take bigger risks. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's something to be said. It's like, like, just like kicking yourself in the ass and then like knowing that you know it's again like when you get back around that process where you level up and you're this new unknown you're like i don't know you kind of like in that lull phase and you like again remind yourself like last time i was in this i fucking pushed myself to do it and then like here i am i've leveled up you know you just keep doing it's important not to like lose the momentum of going through that process yeah it's easy to want to like chill out up there and then like you get stuck doing that and then it's easy to like slip back the other direction yeah if you you don't just like continue continue pushing forward exactly what what would you say is like the first big stride you had because i I remember for me like going way back i remember not being in school i remember like and when you're not in school and you probably resonate with this like the only other people that aren't in school are like a bunch of shit people ba- that are bags. either doing real shit or fucking like drug dealers and shit bags. Yeah, so but it's 90, like, 95% of the people that you hang out with are just a bunch of shit bags. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Drug dealer, like not doing anything, like go to, you know, like go to the local bar, like yeah. be able to buy fucking bottom shelf shots for everybody. And like Patron is like, you're the baller. Yeah. Like, well, and I remember too, like, especially back then, like, you know, you hang out with a bunch of people in like nightlife, for instance, and like people get hooks up, hookups and stuff like that at different places you go out to. So you just like, you kind of like, 
you kind of like it's a uh, hamster wheel. You, yeah, you can get in like a group think and like trapped in a bubble where you don't realize like how toxic it really is. But I remember for me, like I got super into working out. I was like, I have nothing to do. I'm just going to go to the gym like all the time. And, you know, like I have pretty decent genetics where I was getting results. And I, uh, I remember like being uh, a, a lot of the time I'd spend in like Facebook groups, just like bullshitting around, just being in these different communities, bodybuilding.com forums. I remember I saw this ad that like popped up that was like, you know, apply for like teen amateur of the week. I think I was like 19 at the time still. So I just like wrote up this article about myself. And then I remember being at like a Christmas party one year and someone was like, Hey, congrats on the, congrats on the article or something. And I was like, huh? And I checked the thing and they like picked me as like teen amateur of the year on bodybuilding.com. Like put me on the fucking front page of this, of bodybuilding.com, which like 2011 or whatever it was, 2012. That was like, everyone bought their supplements on bodybuilding.com. So like overnight I had like, thousands of people coming to my Facebook page, like asking me for coaching. And like, at this time I was in these Facebook groups where people were like, yeah, like online coaching, this, that. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to say yes. Like, I remember that being like my first drive where I was like, I'm making some money, like just selling workout plans. Like I'm making, I picked up a camera. I was like, I got to start making videos. Like, and it opened doors. Like I remember making those videos and this other guy that was in this group I was in was like, Hey, you know, notice you have a little following. We're building this platform to like kind of, you know, professionalize online coaching a little bit more would love to like have you on and just like buy all your videos from you and you know basically let you just like work as one of the main trainers on our site and we'll pay you on top it was like say no more like it literally went from like it was the difference between me being like damn i'm completely useless and i have no idea what i'm doing i have no money and i don't know how, and i'd see all these people make money online to like literally that materializing literally almost if, if what felt like overnight even though it was hedged upon like a bunch of smaller things and that for me, that was like my first, first big stride where I was like, this is like, I just made this happen just from like doing what I was interested in. You know? Yeah. I'd say my, I have a couple like strides that got me along, but I remember the first one was I, when I had a t-shirt company and I was, I made a bunch of cut and sew V-necks, uh, in the USA. And I was like, you know, this is like when being on Instagram and fucking, I mean, do you use like the basic filters? And like, you know, I was like built my own website. Like, it, you know, it's like when all e-commerce was really kind of like turning up and like Shopify was just coming out. It was like the new thing versus like big commerce. And um, I had an order that came in from Puerto Rico for like eight grand mm. for like, and I remember I was sitting on inventory. Like I'd sell shirts here and there, but I had a lot of inventory. And when I saw it, I was like, bro, like this is, I mean, I had never had like a thousand dollars in my bank account, you mm-hmm. know, like I had $8,000. I was like, bro, I'm rich. <laughs> you know, I like <laughs> I remember I blew probably 2000 of it in like two weeks, yeah. like just going to the bars, buying, like going by like seven jeans at Nordstrom, like just stupid <laughs> as fuck, you know? And like, and then I was like, well, fuck. And then the guy ordered a little bit more. And then I had some like quality control issues, but like, that was my first one where I was like, you know, I've been selling stuff and maybe friends are buying it here and there. And like, people are just buying it as a courtesy. But that was the first time it was like a nobody out of nowhere that I have no fucking relation to saw us on social media somehow and like place this was a fucking big ass order for me. Mm. And like, that was like first, like really instilled confidence. Like, yeah, like fuck, I dropped out of school and somehow I've created a product that somewhere, some person from far away in fucking Puerto Rico of all fucking places, like thinks this is viable enough to then put in his store. I've never taken like a wholesale order or anything. This guy paid me up front for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I took like a, a PayPal payment for it. And that gave me like a huge like uptick. Probably the next was like when I was really pushing selling like websites and stuff, I would just go on Craigslist or like monster.com and I'd look at, um, you know, I was starting to build websites. Like I, uh, after the clothing stuff, um, this artist, uh, Giannis, um, was that had a show in Chapel Hill and I think a friend of mine or somebody like clicked me up with him to give him gear. Mm-hmm. So I gave him some shirts and shit. He's like, dude, these are sick. And he was like, dude, I'm trying to make merch. He was sm- small time at the time. And so I was helping him like design some merch and do some stuff. And then like, he was like, well, dude, you're pretty good at graphics. Like, can you do cover art? And so like, I'd start making him like cover art. And like, even now to this day, like his digital signature he uses on is like the one that I made. Mm -hmm. And then from there it was like, you know, I was selling stuff online. He's like, dude, I need to sell merch, but I need to do online. So it's like, can you help me like building website? And so I kind of took that. I was like, you know, I like building merch. I like all the creative, but like fucking selling this stuff I've been doing, like there's so many returns. And that was, you know, like the quality, Mm -hmm. quality control issues. And so like, I don't really want to deal with that. So I kind of just pivoted right then and there. I was like, I can mitigate my overhead 
and then I could just build stuff for people. And so I was basically, how do I build a customer base? So I was just going out on like Craigslist or monster.com and looking at people that had listings for jobs. Like we need a web developer for 60K a year. And I'm like, dude, I can build you this website for, you know, you know, 10K, you know, and, so, and you don't have to train somebody because all my friends were getting their jobs and they'd be like, yeah, you know, I have a degree in finance and I'm working in banking, but they're like, dude, I'm not using any of my finance degree. They're sending me for, to London for nine mm-hmm. weeks for training and I learned everything there. So I'm like, all right, there's an opportunity cost. Like I can pitch to this job, you know, listing that, hey, you're going to spend 60K and then nine weeks to train this guy so he can learn this. I was like, I already know all this and I can get you this done now and I can do it for 10K versus you paying somebody 60K. And so like that was, I started doing that. And I remember I would like pitch somebody in New York. I was like, you know, I burned through North Carolina and all the surrounding areas. I pitched somebody in New York and I would just be like, hey, I want to do this. Like, hey, you know, we love what you've done. You know, can you come in and meet with us? And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in town today, but I can be there Friday. And so then I would like buy a flight. But like a lot of times it'd be like, you know, the flight's 400 bucks. And like, I got $460 in my bank account. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I buy this flight and go to New York, like I need to close like, this. Con- this? I need, <laughs> I, like, and that's, it goes back to me saying earlier, it's like, uh-huh. I kind of like, I thrive in putting my back against the wall. I'm like, I put myself in a position where like, I have no choice but to fucking execute on this or I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. And so like, I would throw myself and I would just, it's like when I became really good at sales, I would just crush. I'd walk into this meeting, not prepared at all, you know, like, and I would just go in, I'd crush it. And they, and it was maybe because I was on the forefront of like e-commerce building, like nobody really knew what the fuck was going on, you know? And yeah. there's a lot of bullshitters out there like making these half-assed shitty websites. So I just pick up these contracts. And that's how I built out that agency. Like that's mm-hmm. where I was making like, you know, I started making like 80 grand a year doing that in that, in that first year. And that was like my, my biggest win. Mm-hmm. And I would just take contracts here and there and like, you know, try pick up jobs. But it started getting that kind of burned me out when I started like, and then I started outsourcing and then just yeah. like managing outsourcers. And eventually I got burned out on that. I got fucked a couple times. Like the outsourcer couldn't execute. And so it's like, you know, yeah. then I don't get paid and I'm out a lot of money cause I paid the outsourcer. And so, um, I think, I think there's something though, cause you know, as you know, like I did an agency as well. And I think that one of the, the benefits of doing an agency is that you learn so many different skills underneath it. I mean, you like, you learn offer creation, you learn tactically how to, develop websites. I mean, like there's a lot of people that would look at someone like you and I, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even have any idea how many like underlying skills there really are, which like now allow us to have that context to like hire and find better talent because we're able to like really see through the bullshit. Like, is this person just running one over me? Like I can ask them a very specific question about video editing, photo, audio, web development, you know, uh, any really like different marketing systems. I mean, we, and listen, like, we had you that, know. we had that one guy come in and it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like I can sniff through the bullshit cause I've done it. I've done it all. And yeah. I think that's, that's super important in any business, whatever it is, is like, you need to start at the ground level, do it yourself. And as you build up, like you have no choice, but to like build the website you have no choice, but to like handle all the customer service. You have no choice, but to like write up, like learn language to like write up a contract and like do a sales order and you know, create packaging and maybe Photoshop. And so like all these things you accumulate and they may not be all your like greatest skills, but you had no choice, right? And then as you grow and hire people to like take over those so that are actually masters in that craft, mm-hmm. in that area, it's like when somebody comes into you that you're hiring and you're in that hiring process, like, you know, like yeah. I know what the end result needs to be. I know what the work looks like. I know that there's somebody that's way more optimized at doing this and is actually knows all the nuances and like, you know, the best practice, you know, mm-hmm. for Photoshop. It's like, I can also tell when you're fucking lying to me, you know, because I, it's not like I don't know what Photoshop is and I don't know the nuances of it. Just like, you're supposed to be the better version. So like, if you're trying to like upsell me on the bullshit and like bridge the gap, like I used to do, I'm like, bro, I can sniff that out real easily. Yeah. Well, and also too, like in doing that, I remember there were so many learning opportunities. Like I remember doing the agency and going from like being on this wheel, thinking I had a really good offer and then having this corporation that I got like, pretty much walked into by a mentor that was like, Hey, this is the guy. And I'd never really worked with like a corporation. Right. And they're like, this is what we need. Here's the annual budget. Like we're going to cut the check like in November, December, probably because they want to like spend all this money, November, December. So then before that, I had no idea like this is what big corporations do. Easiest contract I've ever had, or like simplest rather biggest amount of dollars I've ever been paid for that amount of work. Easiest, like, you know, easiest thing to to like deal with because it wasn't a ton of negotiation there's like here's the budget 
here's the brief, here's this, that, the other. And like, I was like, I need to do more of those. Now, what I did learn is like right when COVID happened, that was like the first thing to go. They're like, we're not renewing this. I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. But I mean, like, I just never knew. I was like, until I was in that situation where I was just like kept pushing forward and like honing in my skill set to where I got the opportunity to do that. Like, I'm pretty sure this corporation thought they were hiring a team of people. Like, it was oh, really just yeah. me. It's perception. Just, it was me, and then I'd batch all this content and send it to them, and I'm like, this is relatively easy, you know? Well, I think that also goes, like, going back to talking about the stone and it having a higher level of, like, our customer base and what we're doing. Like, when you deal with a, a when you deal with somebody in a certain price point, like, those motherfuckers are all business. They're like... Yeah. I don't have time to dilly-dally. I want this done. Can you execute? If the answer is yes, and you've shown that to me, then I'm ready to fucking pay and get the fucking job done. Mm-hmm. But you start dealing with these lower price points where everybody's fucking budgeting. You know, it's like I would sell websites to somebody for 500 bucks, and, like, they wanted, like, a $6,000 website yeah. for $500. Yeah. And that guy's the guy that's knick-knacking everything, asking for a million revisions, doesn't know what he wants. It's the most amount of work. You're pulling teeth. You're arguing with them, they're like, dude, you're not even paying for what you're trying to get, and it's like and they're calling their those credit card the, company. Yeah, at those, the end those are the, the most complicated back. people to deal with, mm-hmm. and so like, I think that's like, again, like goes to show it's like when you deal in a certain level, it's like business is business, and people want to fucking get stuff done, and it's like it's not a conversation. It's like, dude, our budget's twenty grand, and I want to fucking you know, and even if you're like, well, you could really get it done for twelve, like no, twenty grand, I want it done, and I don't want to fucking micromanage and have a headache. Yeah. I want you to come to me in two weeks and fucking have this finished. And you're like, that's where it's like, all right, man, like that's the realm I like to play in because yeah. I know I can fucking execute. I don't want to deal with all the fucking headache. Neither are fucking they. And so yeah. it's like, that's, I don't know. I think uh, people can learn from that. It's like, you need to do some of that bullshit to get up, but you learn real fast. It's like, dude, it's not worth my time. I remember yeah. doing a contract that was cheap. And I remember every call I would get on, I'd be like, I hate this call. I hate this contract. I hate fucking doing it. I'm client, fucking yeah. miserable. And I'm like, I'm waiting for them to fire me and not pay me. I'm just like, mm. fire me and not pay me. Cause like, I'm fucking done with this. Yeah. And I'm like, I do need the money, but like, it's like my mental fucking, like my mental threshold. I'm at it, yeah. you know? And yeah. like, I, this isn't worth my time. So it's like, well, to your point too, the people that like, I feel like almost anyone that has the mindset yet that you're talking about previously has been in that same situation enough where they're like, I'm never going to be that person. Yeah. Like I want it done. I want it done correctly. The cost to me is, does it take away from my peace and my ability to continue doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. And if it does like that, it's not yeah, worth it's, it. Like yeah. even if it's the best deal, it's like, uh, it's not, I'm not going to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like we, we both share that. Cause like when we find the right talent and we work with people, it's just like, this person's a yes immediately. Like yeah. if they just come in, they vibe, like you're talking about, uh, what Hormozy was saying about firing people that don't, you know, just fit the vibe of the, the rest of the group. And like, it's, it's just so true. Like having that peace and that mental clarity and just being able to like stay in your kind of like stay in your bag on whatever it is that, you know, you need to be doing is well, how wanna, you push I forward. Wanna, I don't want to fucking micromanage yeah. you. Like, I'm hiring you, and the point of hiring you is you alleviate, like, a specific task or role for me. And I don't want to sit there and be over your fucking shoulder and make it done. So I'd rather pay up for somebody. If it's an 80K job, you know, across, you know, across the nation, and I'm giving them 100, I'm like, I'm going to give you 100. You're going to fucking crush. And then when we, when we level up as a business, I don't have to worry about you being like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, you maybe are like, you know, you're like, too good for the current role, but I know that we're going to be here. So when it comes out, it's like, I don't even have to, you know, like that's when you're fucking, you're making your money. Yeah. Like you're coming there and you're crushing. I'm like, I don't have to worry about you. Mm-hmm. Like you're fucking crushing for me. Every day, and then I can go focus on what I, I need to be doing. Cause I don't need to be doing that. Yeah. Like, and so like paying up for that, for that peace of mind and that execution and like not having to micromanage and like getting your time back so that you can go do whatever it is, is like the most important thing in your skill sets. Like, bro, that's to me is like, and I've hired cheap people and I fucking fired them. And I'm like, every time I've done, I'm like, why the fuck didn't we just like, we should just pay up. Like now I'm like, I tell Rob all the time now. I'm like, we should just pay up because mm-hmm. I'd rather pay up a little bit and have people get crushed. It's like, now it's like, fuck man, we've hired all these people and you're, he's sitting there. He's like, fuck man. I wish I had a guy that could like be the dude and run this aspect, but I still got to be that guy. I'm like, we should have hired up so that you don't have to, so we can go tackle this, you know? Yeah. And so like, we're again the opportunity cost by not paying up the 20 grand it's like we might be leaving 20 million on the table over yeah, here you know yeah, absolutely and it's honestly it's like it could be that big of a fucking gap like mm-hmm. that's like situation man i'm like dude like we should be fucking doing this you know yeah. like 
and we can't because we're fucking over here like sucked mm-hmm. into managing you know different aspects that like really we shouldn't have to be doing that mm-hmm. so like it really it's like a focus on doing it. And, and again like even with hiring people look at it's like oh if i'm paying this guy 100 grand a year in your brain i don't know why but like for me and i think for a lot of people it's like sometimes you're like oh it's, i'm writing that check right now like 100 grand out of pocket i'm like it's really not you know yeah. it's like 100 grand it's like you know you after taxes whatever it's like eight grand a month you know it's like whatever it is it's like all right you could like test this person out for a month it might cost you 10 grand but that's like then you can you know you hire and you fire real fast you yeah. know and then it's like um my goal is like if i hire those people if i hire you for 100 grand you should be bringing me back at least double and a half in value whether that's time value or you're bringing back you're bringing in customers you're bringing more money like whatever it is it's like i don't look at it as like oh i mean he cost me 100 it's like he should be making me 300 mm-hmm. off get, yeah. you know? And if not, then like fire that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And that's not like anything personal. It's like, I'm just fucking running a business, dude. Yeah. Like I want fucking killers out here. Like we could talk about like in the freight industry. Like I want a bunch of fucking dogs. I want some hungry motherfuckers that want to go crush. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what I got. Everybody I'm trying to hire now is like, I want fucking integrators. I want people that crush. I want people that want to run a motherfucking department. I don't want somebody that wants to be a fucking just foot soldier in the fucking department. Like, yeah. act like you want to be the guy, you know, mm-hmm. and then fucking execute on it. Yeah. Touche. Well, we're coming up on your time limit. I think that's probably a good place to end it. Yeah. Solid pod. Like Episode it. three, since I was broke. We're on uh, every platform. We uh, follow us on TikTok. All the other things. Yeah, sorry. If you're looking, yeah. if you're looking to be a an alpha dog, I tell you what, we're, we're we're hiring. If you yeah. fucking, <laughs> if you're a killer salesperson, I mean killer salespeople, and I don't need like a bullshitter because like I can tell if you can sell in fucking three minutes. Walk into my fucking office, DM me, send me a fucking email. I'm looking for sales killers, and I fucking pay. I'll pay you on the front end, and I'll pay you on the fucking back end. I'm looking for fucking people that want to be in freight, fucking outside freight sales, inside freight, fucking like negotiating, like, or we're fucking hiring, but I want fucking animals in here. If you're a fucking creative, we want the best videographers, the best photographers, the best editors. Like, I'll fucking pay for it. And we'll put you in a fucking environment where you can succeed. Like, there were a bunch, you're, this is a group of a bunch of people that fucking want to crush and kill. And it's like, I, like, I want people that come that want to do that and fucking show it. Like, put your money, you know, like, put my money where your mouth is. Like, Come to me and be like, dude, I'm worth a hundred grand and show me in a fucking month. Come back and be like, bro, I told you. Like, I'm a fucking animal. Like, I can fucking close these deals. Like, mm-hmm. I want to fucking show me. And let's go have a fucking steak dinner and go fucking drink tequila. And like, I fuck it. I want those people. I will fucking pay for those people. So we're fucking hiring. Yeah. You yeah, want man. a job, fucking DM me. But you have to come to Charlotte. Yeah, you gotta fucking live in Charlotte. And you gotta come into the fucking office too. Don't fucking listen. We're all, I'm all for all dynamic and fucking flying all over and working from wherever because you should be able to do that. If you're fucking like a real successful person should always be able to do that. Yeah. But if you think you're not going to fucking come in the office and collaborate and work and fucking meeting of the minds and fucking work out with us at fucking midnight and fucking then also like not go out and fucking you think you're just going to come and, and celebrate the wins with us without not being the fucking trenches, like come fucking be in the trenches. Yeah. Don't take shit. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it don't steal shit either yeah, don't steal shit so I'll fuck, I fire thieves yeah alright well, that's just that's what we can say in the pot just fire them yeah alright All right. All right. podcast over Kid Rock signing off Kid Rock's always signing off <laughs> alright Kid Rock's got a meeting <laughs>